Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Alejandro Zuniga here with me again. Uh, this is going to be a basketball episode. If you missed it, we did a football episode talking about Mike Elston hiring, the transfer portal, uh, I guess, needs for Michigan, some of the NFL draft departures and the holes that are left uh, in, in Michigan's roster. Lots of football talk just the other day, so be sure to check it out. Wherever you're getting this podcast, it probably isn't too hard to find our mo- our most recent episodes. So uh, check that out if you want. This one's going to be all basketball, talking about the Wolverines as they have now sunk to seven and seven. They are one and three in Big Ten play. Uh, but you know, we'll talk about both sides of it. You know, there's certainly a lot of lot of questions that still have to be answered, but the schedule is going to get a little bit easier for the next couple weeks. And and they they showed something down at Illinois. They lost by 15, and if if that's your main takeaway, that's fine. Uh, it certainly can, can go both ways on that. You can look at the, the effort. They had it as a one-point game with seven minutes to go without Hunter Dickinson and Brandon Johns. And and certainly they hadn't been able to really practice five on five in, in two weeks by the sounds of it. So certainly two sides to that coin, whether whether you look at the optimism side, whether you look at the. Well, the fact that, that, that they still aren't good enough and, and, you know, Phil Martelli and Juwan Howard kind of they've said both of that. They said they like the compete level. They they also would like to be better at these games because talking about a team's compete level is is really what you do when they lose, not really when they win. So anyway, Alejandro, we'll talk about all of it. We'll talk about the Illinois game, kind of our is that something Michigan can build on? We'll talk about um, you know, some of the other key talking points of what's fixable with Michigan right now, whether some lineup changes should be made, and then also I I personally think these next two weeks will will give Michigan an opportunity to if there is going to be a a push to the NCAA tournament it probably starts in these next 2 weeks without sounding hyperbolic obviously it could start later but i, I think the way the schedule breaks um this is a big opportunity so first let's start with that Illinois game you know there's there's plenty to critique i mean they shot 1 for 10 from 3 they um, they lost by 15. They, 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 you know, were in that game and then suddenly they just weren't in that game at all. But at the same time, you know, without Hunter Dickinson in a matchup where Hunter Dickinson is actually really valuable, you know, it's not some big 10 teams. Musa Diabate is going to, going to be a, uh, just fine. you going up against an opposing big man. Not so much Illinois. I mean, Kofi Coburn, I think he's around 285 pounds, uh, seven foot one. Musa's got great wingspan, but that's not going to help you when you're 60 pounds lighter than the, the player you're going up against. But, you know, I, I, I like the rebounding a lot. I like the on-ball defense a lot. I uh, thought there was a really high compete level on, on loose balls and maybe the, 
the effort plays throughout the game. What were your thoughts watch, watching the game and maybe maybe reflecting on it a couple days later? <laughs> well, to, to your point about Musa Diabate, I've got to say it was incredibly impressive uh, to see Musa Diabate uh, yeah, Jaron Folds, you had even Jace Howard going yeah, up Jace one Howard, one. that's right. Jace Howard with the block on Kofi Coburn. That is the biggest takeaway from that game. Uh, but but yeah, absolutely, the, the effort was something that we hadn't quite seen from the Michigan basketball team earlier in the season. You know, we were talking to Phil Martelli earlier today, and he said that that when you're talking about good effort for a team, that's just coach speak for you weren't good enough. And that's true. Uh, Michigan, Michigan put in a very solid showing. I think did a lot better than anyone expected. Uh, they were within one point with seven minutes to go, and Devontae Jones had a layup that rolled on the rim for a little bit. Had it fallen, it would have given Michigan its first lead of the night. Instead, it, it rolled off the wrong side, and Illinois took over the game from there. Uh, but the fact that Michigan was even in a puncher's chance uh, without Hunter Dickinson, without Brandon Johns, and having not been able to practice at full strength since basically the turn of the year is an encouraging sign. Um, big picture, though, it, it's it's almost hard to say if, if this game really moves the needle. Uh, Michigan hasn't, you know, they've played three, four games in the last calendar month. So you expect to see some improvement from a young team, but it's hard to hard to look at it even in the big picture, given how little we've seen from the team since early December. Yeah, they really have had no opportunity to get into a rhythm uh, or, or to really see how things work in games. I mean, so many so many uh, people, and we'll talk about this in a moment, are talking about you know this player is, has been slumping for a month or this player uh, hasn't been given enough opportunity. I mean, the whole team really hasn't been given enough of an opportunity. They had the the Purdue-Fort Wayne game was canceled. That will not be made up. And then, obviously, the Michigan State and Purdue home games were postponed. Now, we'll see if they make them up. Jawan Howard seems confident. I am a little less confident they'll both be made up. I, I do I, – I'm looking at the schedule. I think March 1st, Michigan State in Ann Arbor, I think that actually lines up for both teams. Uh, but that's just me. I'm not. I'm not in charge of the scheduling. But yeah, you're absolutely right. They haven't been able to get into a rhythm, and and I guess that's that's that was apparent on Friday. You know, I think the effort in the sense of the. I think Michigan felt its back against the wall. I think it felt like it was playing with nothing to lose, but it also looked like a team that hadn't been able to practice five on five a ton. I mean, they 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 made twelve of twenty shots on either dunks or layups as classified by the official statisticians at the game. Um, they were 10 of 40 on all other shots. I mean, they, they couldn't really make threes, but they also couldn't really make long twos either. And and there were just a lot of opportunities. I mean, if they go, I don't know, 20 for 40, that game's completely different. And, and by that nature, they, they could have won. So that that really, I think, is something that continues to be a problem against high major opponents, you know, the, the, the shooting stats. I mean, they, they did well against San Diego state and they did well against Nebraska, but pretty much anyone else they've played. That's even flirting with the top 100, you know, net ranking or whatever, pretty much everyone else they've played 
they've shot terribly against. And so that's that's kind of something that's going to be really fascinating because I, I asked Phil Martelli about it earlier today. And I don't necessarily disagree with his answer. You don't want to start changing things midstream. You don't, you don't necessarily want to have a guy thinking that his shot isn't going to go in when he's shooting. In fact, you really don't want that uh, as a basketball player. But, but at the same time, clearly the shooting across the board is, is just brutal. And, and now it's starting to become a, well, it's not starting to become a problem, but it's, it's now including on a regular basis, Caleb Houston and, and Eli Brooks, two guys who on paper should probably be shooting above 35% this season. Uh, I think Eli Brooks over the last six to eight games, can't remember which stat I pulled for him. He's at 31%, which frankly, I think they'd take 31% with a few other players, but Caleb Houston is two for 21 since December 12th, if I'm not mistaken. So you're starting to see it it become a problem across the board. And Alejandro, you know, we're talking about I, I, a few, a couple weeks ago, I did five things that are ailing Michigan basketball. I, I kind of went a little in depth on it and, and kind of assessed how fixable they all are. I actually think that playing physical defense, I think you saw that on Friday. Now they have to clean up the fouls. That was an issue especially in the first half. You know, we can talk about the way Musa Diabate played, but he didn't, he wasn't able to play a ton because he was fouling so much. And so, you know, they have to clean up the fouls, but I think I think they learned how to rebound better, how to play physical defense better. I, th- I think that they actually have something to build on in that sense. But this shooting deal, I mean, you're, you're just not going to win a lot of games or any games really shooting – as poorly as they as they have against Illinois, against Rutgers, um, you know, Minnesota. I mean, really all the teams that they lost to, pretty much. So I'm curious what you think of the shooting. And, you know, John Beeline, he had basketballs that were specifically designed to, like, track the, the pressure points of your hands and, and the angle that you were shooting with. And so, so he would tweak midseason. But also, you know, not every coach – wants to do that. And I don't necessarily disagree, but, but what are your thoughts? I mean, to you, is there a line where maybe the slump is just so bad that you do need to, you know, kind of take, take the, take the blinders off and say, Hey, you got to fix this. Like you can't, you know, confidence is great, but, but something is, is up with your shot. What, what do you think, you know, what side of the coin do you fall on that? You know, I, I would tend to agree that, making changes midway through a season is a good way to make things worse instead of making things better. Uh, you know, we're talking specifically here about Eli Brooks and, and Caleb Houston, but these are guys with, with track records. Now, of course, Caleb Houston hasn't done it at Michigan so far, uh, but Eli Brooks has, and I don't think you want to go messing with mechanics, uh, changing too much mid season. Uh, I think you got to, let him take shots and let him get back into his stride. Um, you know, you were just talking about defensive, the defensive effort and better on ball defense. Uh, Eli Brooks is instrumental in that. You know, one of the big issues defensively for Michigan this year has been a lack of communication. And with so many young guys and so many new pieces, that hasn't been there. The communication hasn't been there. And that's something that Phil Martelli and Juwan Howard have stressed on and on and on. That's something that Eli Brooks brings to the table. 
Eli Brooks is the leader of the basketball team. And I think you've got to let him continue to be that guy. You can't get into him too much about his shooting because you need him on the court. On the offensive end, of course, you want him hitting those shots, but you need someone who's a veteran presence on the defensive end and can help organize the defense and can help set up plays uh, when they're bringing the ball up the court as well. Uh, when it comes to Caleb Houston, you know, you don't want to pin too much on a single player, especially someone who's a freshman. But if you're looking at Michigan's struggles this year, the biggest piece of it, in my opinion, is that you've replaced two NBA caliber wings or professional caliber wings with with two guys who quite simply haven't been able to hit shots from outside. And if you can't hit shots from outside and Caleb Houston, he was the guy who was labeled as a sharpshooter. You thought he'd be able to, at the very least, knock him down. And he hasn't done that, especially lately. That, quite simply, it it causes issues with spacing with Michigan offensively, uh, and it makes it harder for for Hunter Dickinson inside, makes it harder for for everyone in the backcourt to do their job when defenses can, can key on the paint because they know that that outside threat isn't there. Right. Yeah. Cause that's, that's, what's really hurting Michigan as well as the spacing. It's not, it wasn't quite as evident on, on Friday because I think Illinois might've been preparing to face Hunter Dickinson and, and Musa just by nature is able to, to spread the floor a little bit, a little bit more just because he's a little bit quicker. He's more of a small ball center. Uh, so to speak, and so, but you're noticing with Hunter Dickinson, teams are just keeping that lane full. You know, they're, they're keeping guys closer to Hunter as as potential double team options, um, and and that's really, I mean, it's hurting Hunter's stats. I mean, he's he's actually performing fine statistically, but it, it doesn't seem like he's getting quite enough touches or open touches to, to really make a difference in some of these games, and. And it's hurting players like Devontae Jones and Frankie Collins, guys who are not outside shooters, although Jones has has hit a few. Um, you know, by Michigan standards, he is an outside shooter at this point, but but you know, he's someone that probably needs a more open lane. And that was something Mike Smith was able to really benefit from. And he he did it a little bit himself by making a lot of three pointers. But when Isaiah Livers and Franz Wagner on the court, those those drives to the basket are going to be more open because teams teams have to stick to Isaiah Livers like he's like they're made of glue. Franz not quite as much, but they still did. They still gave him you know a lot of respect on the three point line and and same with Eli Brooks and Shondi Brown at the two, and so that gave Hunter some space to really set up and and operate and and it also gave all players a chance to kind of get to the basket a little bit more freely. I mean. You know, we, we can talk about their, their shooting woes. The fact is they took more than two-thirds of their shots away from the rim. And, and that's just um, partly due to Kofi Coburn and Omar Payne. But at the same time, those are the most efficient shots. You want to try to take as many of those as you can. So, um, you know, it's just kind of it, – it, it becomes this thing that affects everybody. And so my next question, because I think some things that are hurting Michigan right now, I think the physical defense – that is an effort thing that you can just, I mean, you, you have to coach it. It's not easy to coach, but you can make that a part of your identity. You can really embrace it. I think Michigan is, is starting to a little bit um, now that the, 
now that there's a little bit more desperation and and maybe playing with nothing to lose. You know, the turnovers, that's something that you can clean up over time. I don't know if it's an overnight fix, but but the quality of passing, the um, not playing as reckless. You know, Javon Howard's talked about a lot of its a lot of its decision making and 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 visual seeing stuff on the court and seeing maybe what is a little bit riskier for a turnover. So that that you can kind of coach shooting. I don't know just how much you can coach it. And and you know, Martelli brought up a good point when I asked him about it. Is he said there are some coaches who are shot mechanic experts. He he said he is not one of them. I don't know if Michigan has one on staff. I'm sure they they have guys who know how to shoot, but do they have someone who can really look at the film, look at the angles, all that? I mean, that I think that is something John Beeline was pretty good at, and I think the Detroit Pistons kind of hired him to do a lot of that, actually, um, So this, this past year. So maybe that's not quite as fixable. But Alejandro, are you seeing anything lineup changes? I, fans are calling a lot for for more Kobe Bufkin. Uh, I think they're calling for a little bit more Frankie Collins. Now, I think he's having a lot of similar struggles as as Devontae Jones. Um, And then, obviously, Caleb Houston. I don't think people are necessarily – some people, I guess, are being going a little overboard with it. But he certainly looks like a player who might benefit from a game or two where he has a little bit less on his plate. Because not only does he have – uh, tough, you know, a high responsibility offensively as a six foot eight guy who was supposedly one of the best shooters in the country coming out of high school. He also has tough assignments defensively. I mean, pretty much every, you know, wing guy, whether it's whether he plays at the two, three or four, is probably going to be a guy Caleb Houston's being asked to guard. You know, if they're over six foot five, you know, they probably don't want Eli Brooks on him as good of a defender as he is. And if they're under 6'10", 6'11", they probably don't want Hunter Dickinson or Musa Diabate guarding him. So so he's actually taken on a lot of defensive assignments for, for a true freshman. I mean, that's where freshmen often struggle the most is defense, unless they are unless that is like a part of their identity. So I think that's something that's putting a lot of pressure on Caleb's plate as well. Regardless, looking at the entire lineup, are, are there any lineup changes you would you're looking at and saying, yeah, they, they really should try that. You know, or, or did you see enough against Illinois to think, okay, the nucleus is there. They just need to be healthy and, and get some full five on five practices under their belt. I think one of the silver linings of Michigan's health break or health issues here is that it's forced the coaches to, to shuffle the lineup a little bit. Uh, I think that one one of the players who has really benefited uh, from the break is probably Devontae Jones. Uh, he's someone who who we've seen struggle to get up to speed transitioning to Big Ten level basketball. And when you saw him against Illinois, was he was he fantastic? No, but what was he? He was a lot more aggressive. He knew that he was one of the players, one of the the starters who was there. He knew he was going to have more on his shoulders, and he drove he drove to the basket. He took some shots. He created offense. You know, this was a guy who a couple of games ago took two shots, and you just can't have that from your starting point guard. Now, when we're looking at are we shuffling the lineup here, I, I'm i not necessarily sure you have to, 
I do agree. Uh, I want to see more from Kobe Bufkin. I want to see more minutes. I want to see Frankie Collins getting some more minutes. And after that Illinois performance, I think that Jace Howard has shown himself to be a really interesting piece. You know, he's been listed kind of both as a guard and a forward by, uh, you know, on, on the Michigan roster. He's a guy who's six foot seven and we saw him, you know, like we mentioned earlier, he, he was in there against Kofi Coburn and no, you're not going to have him at the five. Uh, that's not going to be, you know, he, he just doesn't fit at that position. Um, but he's an interesting length and, and height that he can defend. He can defend a lot of different positions. And if he's a guy who is putting in that effort, uh, who is becoming a more active leader on the court, uh, then maybe you you get him a few more minutes there and and you let him take a little bit off of maybe Caleb Houston's plate. Uh, you you let him, you know, maybe even Musa Diabade. So so it's not him and Hunter uh, clogging up the the floor at the four and the five. Uh, I think that that Jace, uh, Kobe and and Frankie Collins to some extent, uh, they've gotten a bit more run over the last few games because of the COVID issues. And while I don't think they necessarily have played themselves into starting roles, I think they've at least earned themselves more minutes. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of value and maybe just, I mean, first of all, none of these changes are going to be monumental. I mean, they're not going to suddenly bench one of their starters. They just don't have enough players to like just say, oh no, this guy's going to go back down to 10 minutes per game. I I think it's time to, to let Co- Kobe Bufkin let him show you what he's got. I mean, he was a McDonald's All-American. He's not a player who um, isn't a part of Michigan's future. I mean, he's a true freshman, McDonald's All-American top 50 recruit. In the one open practice we were able to see, I, I saw someone who was probably a year away. But at the same time, we'll talk about this in the moment, at some point this season, unless Michigan can really start stringing some wins together, this the rest of the year is going to be about next year anyways. And so is he someone that, you know, can can grow from maybe getting a little bit more game experience now, trying to figure out what works, figuring out what works for his immensely, but also physically in terms of how he fits in games and game plans and everything. So, um, I mean, his minutes have grown, period. I mean, I think he's been averaging about 15 to 18 a night already, but maybe, maybe he can come in and... I, I like your point about Jace Howard. Now, I don't know. I'm, I don't think he's going to come in and drop 10 points in a game. But I almost wonder if he can play a little bit of that Austin Davis role last season. Not at the five, at, at the wing. Um, if he can do a little bit of what Austin Davis did. Because Austin Davis, he was never someone who was going into a game and Michigan was thinking, we got to make sure he scores 10 points. You know, We got to get him some shots. But he was someone who had some experience. He had really good game knowledge, and he played really physical. His fouls per per minute or, or minutes per foul or whatever, he was a he was a foul machine. He was, but that was almost not a big deal because when he would come in, he was really just giving Hunter Dickinson some some opportunities to rest, uh, maybe to to take a breather to see the game a little bit. And, and, you know, Davis was over in there setting a tone physically. I mean, maybe Jace Howard, he, he isn't that experienced because he's a sophomore who has not played very much, but he is more experienced than Caleb Houston 
uh, in terms of you time spent preparing for these opponents and and learning about opposing Big Ten teams, I guess game plans. And he showed that he can play physical, and and you're absolutely right. He can he can play guard, he can play forward. I almost wonder if he could come in and almost be like like in the hot you know the old hockey enforcer role. Not that he would go in and and be told go ahead and foul, but maybe getting some of these guys' faces a little bit. And even if it's like six, eight minutes a night, that might be that might solve the Caleb Houston issue where they're taking a little bit off of his plate and, and giving it to Jace Howard. So those would be the two that I would kind of look at. I, I you know, I think I think a, a lineup situation where Eli Brooks is running points, Kobe Buffkin at the two. You know, I think I'd like to see that a little bit more. I thought we'd see it more before the season, to be honest. But um, regardless, you know, Devontae Jones starting to get a little bit better at playing more minutes. I think he's starting to figure out how to how to not foul so much. And and you mentioned the aggressive offense. That's going to help. But, yeah, if you can work Kobe Bufkin in a little bit more, not just for this year, but, but for the long-term future, assuming Michigan thinks he is a part of the long-term future, but, but um, you know, at the same time, his recruiting profile, his capabilities, you know, he's someone that, that, you know, who knows, maybe he finds a little bit of a three-point shooting rhythm when he gets a little bit more minutes. I, I don't, I'm not promising that that's going to happen, but that's something to keep an eye on. But yeah, as far as, you know, I don't think you need to change it a ton. We're talking about three or four more minutes for a couple of these guys per game. All right, last thing we're going to talk about with this episode. Right now, I don't think very many Michigan fans really want to discuss the NCAA tournament or, or you know, they don't, it's probably not much of a discussion point. But, you know, they are uh, number 62 in, in the NCAA net rankings. Not actually as far down as I thought they would be. I mean, that's only... 25 spots from being in the in the tournament so if they can finish the season strong they're going to have the opportunity um, to contend and I think this these next oh three games I I think and unless a game is added or something like that but you know looking at the next three to five games they they host Maryland they travel to Indiana now that's going to be a tough place to play but Indiana has, I mean, they haven't lost at home yet this season, but they have lost to Penn State. They did lose to Iowa. Um, you know, they've lost to Wisconsin. They lost to Syracuse. You know, they're, they're, they're a little bit more beatable than Illinois is, I think. Um, you know, then they, then they host Northwestern. They travel to Michigan State. That's going to be tough. But then they host Nebraska as well. So over the next five games, I think Michigan – maybe should go in expecting to win three. Well, players, fans should probably go in expecting three wins. Players, obviously, they should be looking at all five as as potential victories. But I think that a, a Michigan team that, quote-unquote, finds itself could go four and one in this stretch. Then things get really tough. So I think this is kind of the prove it now or, or the rest of the season is a wash. Alejandro, what are your thoughts on on this schedule? You know, we're not going to necessarily talk about each specific opponent. They play Maryland Tuesday. They play Indiana on Sunday. I guess what what are your thoughts on this schedule and and maybe the opportunity 
that is being presented to Michigan where the Big Ten is always tough. Every team is tough, but maybe this is a time where Michigan can can show a little punch back. You know, they're starting to get healthier. They're, they're quote unquote on the mend. Their practices are, are less shorthanded. Um, your thoughts on, on this opportunity over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, this is it for Michigan. I think you're, you're spot on with that. This is, this is the opportunity for Michigan to, to play itself back into contention for, uh, for an NCAA tournament bid. Uh, you know, we're, we're recording this on, on Monday afternoon. Uh, as of right now, Hunter Dickinson, Brandon Johns, they're back at practice, but they haven't practiced at full strength. Uh, really what happens this afternoon at Michigan basketball's practice and then how they're feeling tomorrow is going to determine whether whether the Wolverines will get them both back at full strength. And, and obviously, Hunter Dickinson, it would be huge to get him back. But even if you don't, even if he's limited on Tuesday uh, against Maryland, that sort of becomes a must-win game, and and it did when when Michigan postponed those two games against uh, against Michigan State and Purdue, and it became a must-win game after they they battled but lost to Illinois. Uh, you have to defend home court in the Big Ten if you want to make the NCAA tournament. It's sort of like. World Cup qualifying in CONCACAF soccer. You you do what you can on the road, and you hope to score some upsets on the road, but you have to win at home. You're, they're going to be facing a Maryland team that is in the midst of playing seven games in 19 days. They are tired. They are one in five in the Big Ten. Uh, not to say they're a bad team. They have led in the second half of every Big Ten game they've played in. So they are a competitive team, but they have played a lot. And hopefully you're getting a healthy Michigan team that is pretty well rested in terms of games played, who has had a decent amount of time to, to scout themselves in the film room. You know, they haven't had a chance to practice at full strength, but they've had a chance to, to scout themselves in the film room, maybe get some new bodies in there. They've gotten some sparks from guys like Jace, like Kobe Bufkin. So this is it for Michigan. Uh, you know, I, I think you're right that if you're looking at that schedule with, with three of those games at home against teams perceived to be three of the next five at home against teams perceived to be weaker in the big 10, you got to win those three. And hopefully if the team can, can pull it together, um, score an upset on the road, whether that's at Indiana or at Michigan state, um, but but at the bare minimum, if you want to be competing for an NCAA tournament bid come March, you got to win those three home games. All right, we will see what Michigan basketball's got. It starts on Tuesday. You know, we'll see. As you mentioned, the the availability of Hunter Dickinson and Brandon Johns. They were at Illinois, so they are out of the quarantine part of things. I think now it's uh, it seems to be more about the conditioning and and being quote unquote game ready. And there is. I know some people might roll their eyes at that, but but you know that's how things like stress fractures happen. That's how um, you can you can increase your chances of. I'm not a doctor, but it, you know, trying to go from zero miles per hour to to sixty, you know, in, in a in a basketball game, it it can increase your injury risk. So I think that's a little bit of a part of it as well. Um, 
but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what can what can happen. Hey, Michigan, uh, really hard to tell what they've got. I can't even make predictions about this team just because they they've played so few games in the last five weeks. Time to find out, though. It is time to find out. I think the Maryland game will be a very telling test of where this where this team is at. For Alejandro Zuniga, I'm Zach Shaw. Be sure to check out all of our stories about Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. It's been a little bit of everything, including some hockey even. Um, check it all out at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. We will continue to keep an eye on the the Jim Harbaugh and the, the NFL draft. Well, today is the NFL draft declaration deadline. So um, that will be done, but we'll continue to keep an eye on Michigan football's offseason as well. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.